Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Mom's Movie Night Podcast with my mom, Nora. Hey, everybody. Myself, Daniel. Here's your host. And uh, this week, we're going to be discussing Arsenic and Old Lace for episode 25. This movie came out in 1944, and it's uh, another one of Cary Grant's films. Yes. Uh, this is the second Cary Grant movie that we've watched um, back in season one, right? Yes, bringing up baby. We watched bringing up baby. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> this is gonna be a movie, uh, Cary Grant. And when we first chose this movie, I didn't necessarily know that it was a Halloween movie. <laughs> I would have saved it right. for a couple more weeks because we were watching a series of. Halloween movies in October, and I just didn't look into it prior. <laughs> but <clears throat> this is a Halloween movie that was yes. set in 1944, and Cary Grant is starting, uh, he's starring as Mortimer Brewster. Mortimer Brewster. Yes. He's a critic and uh, an author. Yeah. He writes books about, like, the bachelor life and... You know, he's wealthy. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty well-off writer mm-hmm. talking about how he never wants to get married. And the movie actually starts off with it's him... Getting married. <laughs> getting married and filing for like a marriage certificate. Uh, and then he ends up, you know, engaged to this beautiful woman. The actress's name is... Priscilla Lane. Uh, Priscilla Lane, and she's... She's Elaine. She's literally the girl next door. Literally. <laughs> And they are next door. It's, it's, yeah. So, Cary Grant, he, uh, he lives in a house with his two aunts. Yeah, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. And they, it's a pretty crazy set. It's almost like, almost like a haunted house, kind of, from the way they make it seem. <laughs> yeah, because it's right next to a cemetery. Yeah, it's on a cemetery. But yet the, the priest or Elaine's father, he's like a pastor. Yeah. And he lives across the street. Yeah, they live like <laughs> right across from the cemetery. So they're like a few graves mm-hmm. away where you just run yeah, through the cemetery. Yeah, they're constantly visiting each other and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> his aunts, who he lives with, are these two elderly ladies. And they're they... Little, they're spinsters. They're so adorable, They're though. very cute. They reminded me of my grandma and my tia. <laughs> They're right. so adorable. Just, they're friendly. Everybody loves yeah, them. Yeah, they're super friendly. The cops and the beat go and visit them, make sure that they're okay. They give and them the, 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 the ants toys and, give them yeah. toys and food to give to their wives and a bunch of things. So they yeah, treat they're, Yeah, they're like well. pillars of the community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this movie kind of takes a turn because you think that it's about... Yeah. Cary Grant and his fiance, and they're about to book a trip and go yeah, on their way get, to Niagara Falls. Yeah, There's but they want to stop and say goodbye to the aunts and to the father. Yeah. You know, they just want to. Who's pack. very. They're all very happy for him. Yeah, because they're all they got thrilled. Married. Yeah, so they go and they're, you know, they're getting ready to go to Niagara Falls, but he stops with the aunts to let them know what had happened, and he's looking since he's a. Since he's a writer, he was looking for a manuscript, uh, some pages he had already wrote for his next book. So they start looking for this paperwork, and they're going all over the house just talking and how happy they were that they were married and whatever. And then he looks under the 
<laughs> under the window dresser or something, and he he sees a dead body, and then he closes the lid and he sits on the on that window stool, the thing, and he's just like, "What the hell? What's going on here?" Well, they have is it his brother or cousin Teddy? That's brother. his brother. Yeah. So he has a brother that lives with these spinster aunts, and he's mentally, you know, challenged because he actually thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, he. <laughs> and so because he's like in character all the time, he literally thinks he's Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> and every time he goes up the stairs, he pretends he takes out a sword and he goes charge, and he just runs a madre up the stairs. And then slams the door to his bedroom. And he does this in every scene that he's in. (laughs) So he thinks, Mortimer thinks that, oh man, his brother just went nuts and killed somebody. Yeah. Little did he know (laughs) that it was his aunts that had done the deed. (laughs) These sweet little old ladies were just poisoning people. (laughs) And very like... Out of the kindness of their heart, poisoning people. Yeah, they were doing it out of, uh, like, uh, courtesy, because they were lonely old men, and they thought they were doing them a favor, you know? So they would um, they would give them a cocktail of arsenic, uh, strychnine, cyanide, and elderberry wine, and they would literally poison these men to death. And then they would tell Teddy, go build the Panama Canal, and Teddy would go down to the basement and start digging graves. And then they would tell him, like, oh, we got another one that died of yellow fever. Yellow fever so that he would go and bury these these men. And um, so here's Mortimer, freaked out that his little lovely aunts were, like, they weren't even remorseful, man. They were, like, all, like, oh, no, we've done it before. And he goes, what do you mean? <laughs> Apparently they killed 13 men. <laughs> They had 12 bodies already buried <laughs> in the cellar. And they were very, like, nonchalant about yeah, it. Yeah, they thought it was an act of um, compassion. Yeah. And, that, and for everyone that they killed, they held, like, these A ritual, ceremonies you know. and, like, yeah. rituals so that they could well, go when to When you first heaven. see the ants, you kind of think, you know, because, like, arsenic, you know? And then when you first see the ants, I mean, they're the sweetest things you can ever imagine in Tia's. You know, they're so sweet. But then once you know what they actually do, you start looking at them in a different aspect. Like you kind of feel like that Hansel and Gretel, which kind of like, or not, maybe not that kind of witch, but more like a Salem witches, you know, Puritans. Like, I don't know. They had this weird aspect. Well, I think that's what was funny about the movie was that. There was nothing about them that really was, like, bad right. or was really, like, scary or no. what well, was really strange or made you think, like, oh, these ladies are evil. Yeah, like, there no, was nothing no, like that. No. Throughout the Everything whole thing, was cute they and... were adorable. <laughs> there were these adorable, sweet little old ladies killers. that were just murdering men <laughs> by the dozen, you know? Yeah. And so that was what was so funny about it because... Yeah. Uh, here comes Cary Grant, and he's just, you know, trying to tell him that they, he got married, and then he's going to be out on his way, and, and then, then that's when he finds his dead body. dead body. So he goes off on, he, yeah, he still thinks it's his brother, Teddy, 
that had committed this crime. And then he confronts the ants and the ants are like, oh no, we did that. And he's like, what do you mean? You know, like, <laughs> you can't be doing that. And what do you mean others? You know, and he's just freaking the hell up. Yeah, he freaked out. Freaked like, out. Super freaked out. And so he doesn't know what to do. So he starts calling, like trying to figure out how to like commit the brother and, to blame it, to frame him. Yeah, because everybody already <laughs> knows he's crazy. So yeah, it, would it would be, be easier easy. and more believable if the brother did it, which is... Sad because his brother is like, a, he's, he's he's just he's, thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt, so yeah. he's just constantly acting like Teddy Roosevelt. And he, but other than that, like his mental capabilities, uh, I mean, aside yeah, from he that, still he's has fine. It. He's yeah, physically he's healthy. Like yeah. he's a perfectly and, and he normal dude. Everybody to be like. Um, to salute him. Yeah, like, the thing is that everyone plays along to yeah, make him feel they, better, yeah. you know what I mean? And not make, and make him, him weird happy. and awkward. Yeah, and make him happy, you know? <laughs> but then here's this predicament where he has to get rid of this dead body. He has to protect mm-hmm. his aunts. He was going to go on to his honeymoon, but now he's like flabbergasted and freaking yeah. out. And I think this is where Cary Grant is kind of a little bit more appreciated, more as like a comedic actor yeah. than his like later days He's when hilarious. he was when he was um, <laughs> like just older and more serious dramatic yeah. roles or whatnot. But I mean, he's such a <laughs> physical actor; like he's <laughs> tripping, falling, slamming into things. His yeah. facial expressions his facial alone expressions. are great, and just the dynamic, like that first. Maybe a forty-five minutes of this movie oh, where he's learning about best. what the ants did is arguably one of the funniest things I've seen in, yes. a, in a while. Just oh, because yes. it was hilarious. These nineteen forty-four movies. Is, this is directed by, by Frank Capra, which is yeah. the same director that did "It's a Wonderful, it's Life, a wonderful Life" and a couple other classics, like "It Happened One Night," but mm-hmm. a bunch of classic movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you watch them, since they're so old. They feel more like watching a play, and which is what this movie was well, in reality. On, adapted, yeah. Yeah, it's adapted off of a Broadway play. So you just kind of see these actors on a stage, and they just kind of do their thing. You know, nothing, yeah. no special effects, no CGI. It's just two cameras on the set, and they're filming, yeah. and then it's just the actors and go. And literally the, the, the sounds, you know, the like the cat, and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the sound... Back in the day, I mean, they had to come up with this stuff, right? Yeah. They were pioneers in sound effects. So some of the sound effects really got me like, oh, man, it's just like on point. Well, yeah, like, like there's a lot of doors <laughs> slamming, like especially when you said when he's charging up the stairs and he slams the door and then it makes the clock All the time, tower, yeah, like, cuckoo, yeah, it messes up. goes off and, you know, it's just like little details like that that so make then, it funny. Yeah. So these um these sisters they always have visitors, and so um they um they got a border. Somebody actually you know saw the sign, <laughs> they saw the sign out that they were renting a room. So this elderly man walks in, and the sisters are all excited. Oh, please come in, and you want to see the room? And no, why don't you have a drink first? Yeah, it's like they're and, going through like their murder routine. Yeah, their murder routine in front of Cary Grant, in front of Mortimer, <laughs> and he's just witnessing all this while he's trying to get a hold of the asylum to come pick up the brother, and he's yeah. literally looking at these old ladies do their little, you know, production of how they actually kill these guys, and they're pouring the wine. <laughs> And the man at first goes, oh, no, I don't drink. 
And then, but it's got Edelberry, you know, whatever. And he's like, it's um, Edelberry wine. And he's like, oh, I haven't had some since I was a child. Yeah. Okay. So then, right when he was about to drink it, Cary Grant slams the, the phone and he's like, no! <laughs> he just literally points at him and screams and scares the hell out of him. <laughs> and just, he doesn't drink it. But, I mean, it was that close. And then he, scre- he scares him out of the whole house. Yeah. He's like, get out of here. What do you want to be? You want to be murdered? You want to be killed? You want to be poisoned? Get out. You know? And he leaves running. Yeah. And the whole time, like, so the first act is Cary Grant finding out that his two, like, lovely, adorable aunts are murderers. And then while that's all happening, you have his fiance that's trying to get his attention so that they could go on their, like, honeymoon but then he totally ignores her, yeah. and he's trying to commit his brother to frame him and like protect the ants. Yes. That's the first act, mm-hmm. which was by far Love. hilarious, yes. best part of the movie. But then the <laughs> second act starts, Next. and they get another visitor, which turns out to be their... Long-lost um, brother, yeah, Jonathan. Mortimer's, Cary Grant's long-lost brother, Jonathan, mm-hmm. and uh, his companion who's dr einstein played by peter lore yeah he's an alcoholic uh plastic surgeon that's commissioned by jonathan because apparently he's like the psychotic murderer and he's committed a lot of crimes he's wanted by the police so they go to the aunt's house kind of to hide out to they need a place to hide and um they knock on the door and he, Mortimer had told the ants, please don't let anybody in the house until yeah. I get back. He doesn't want them to murder anybody. Yeah. So he yeah. tells them not to open the door don't, for Don't, and you better promise. Well, <laughs> they tried promising. They didn't open the door, but Jonathan knew them and he just walked in with this, um, this cowardly alcoholic surgeon. And um, yeah, you just see him creeping. It's a dark, the, the, whole, the whole set is dark and you just... See them crawling in at first. You think they're burglars or something. Yeah. And then the ants are like upstairs. Like they were looking out the window to see who it was. And they didn't recognize him. So when he goes in the house, that's when he, you know, turns on the light. And the ants are there at the, at the top of the <laughs> stairs. And they're like, it's me, Jonathan. And they're like, who? You yeah. know, like, you're not Jonathan. Because the guy shows up all full of scars. And yeah. like, man, he looked. He made Frankenstein look like a glamour boy for sure. Yeah, he's arguably like six <laughs> eight. He's really tall and his face he has well, very distinct features, very distinct forehead, very distinct cheekbones. But, but around him are just a bunch of scars. scars like Frankenstein. Yeah. And he's a hideous looking character. He's very yeah. scary and his eyes are wide open all the time <laughs> because of the plastic surgery. And yeah. then the doctor is arguably more creepy just because of the actor in which who plays them. Yes. People might not necessarily remember the actor's name or Peter know Lord. who he is, but pop culturally, they recognize him just because of all the cartoons yes. and all the things that ha- portray people him. portray him. <laughs> Looney Tunes yes. and yes. so if many you see, others. Uh, Bugs Bunny in any of the. Um, scenes where he's uh, like in a mad scientist situation, uh, the scientist would be um, the actor that the actor. is depicted on. So yes, Peter Lord, he's that short guy with the bulging eyes that talks all kind of like um, 
He's got this distinct voice. Very distinct. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Master Sir. Or yeah. Like, very like, we shouldn't do that. Right, right. Very, right. Like, very, like, high-pitched and, like, creepy. Eastern European and creepy. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, like, for sure, almost that kind funny of, cartoon where um, he makes the monster out of the big heart. Yeah. You know, that's that's Peter Lord. That's, that's his voice. But, um, yeah, he's this creepy guy, and he's real, like... And he looks so bug-eyed and so <laughs> creepy-looking, man. And yeah. just him himself and, like, his smile is just very, like, off-putting to you. Like, whoa. Like, that's when this movie took a turn and, like, okay. actually got creepy. You know, yes. was when these two characters arrived. But what was the funny about them arriving was that they themselves had a their own dead body that they were trying to get rid of <laughs> and it just so happened that they were on the run and that they murdered somebody and they mm-hmm. were trying to like hide the body and they're trying to get the two ants to go to bed so that they can like hide the body yeah, they want to stay there them. but the ants are adamant they're like you can stay only for one night yeah and they don't like it. him they, he's like the black sheep of the family they yeah, don't want anything to do with it he's creepy and he tells them you better go to bed now and yeah he's bossing them around bossing them and these around sweet little old ladies he's just very rude and to them and they're actually getting ready to bury the guy that they killed that you know the the body in the in the window. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of their own body yeah, and get Teddy to... <laughs> Roosevelt to like bury it for them, and they're about to do their own little routine Ritual. and their hymns. And then Jonathan shows up with another body. Yeah. So what was interesting about this part and this second act was that Cary Grant was missing for at least a solid yeah. thirty minutes of that movie. Yeah. And um, you have this dynamic between uh, Doctor yeah. Einstein, the brother Jonathan, and the two aunts. Yeah. But they're there's two at this point there's two dead bodies mm-hmm. that they're trying to bury and neither one of them knows about their uh, the other's but, dead yeah. body <laughs> so it's just so what's funny about it is that there's two dead bodies mm-hmm. but there's one like um plot yeah to one bury hole them, like yeah. one hole to bury them one hole in so they're kind of like, they're trying to figure out like who's gonna be buried in which one and the oh, well man. the thing is um since the ants have been doing this for a long time, Teddy already knew that the the dead body in the window, um, cap, the window drawer, dresser, whatever it was, um, he already knew he that knew the where routine. the body, yeah, he knew the routine. He knew he had to go get the body and bury it. So, you know, even in the darkness, he, he knew where it was. And yeah. how, so he's carrying, he had gotten it before Jonathan got his dead body. He got his dead body and then he was taking them down. And it's funny because even though it's pitch dark, you can tell he was carrying them like yeah. a soldier. Like yeah. if he was a fallen soldier. Yeah. And then he's already trying to get him down the stairs and you close the door and then you just hear bum, 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 where he fucking just falls. Yeah. And then that's where like I was talking about like the, <laughs> the set design of the of yeah. the house <laughs> that apparently when they made this movie, they actually physically made the whole house for the set of this movie yeah. so that they could like take um angles and you know yeah. film all the rooms and they pretty much filmed all of them except like the upstairs but like you I mean, could... we never saw the downstairs either we never well, they saw, saw the... you never saw the plot like nah. this, like the hole yeah but you saw them going up and down the stairs yeah yeah, yeah. but uh so then next thing you know they off the third act is pretty much where 
everyone finds out each other's secrets. <laughs> Jonathan finds out that the ants are murdering people and that mm-hmm. they have a body and that they realize that he has a body. And what makes it even more ridiculous is once the ants find out that they also have a dead body, they're adamant in not sharing the burial plot. Yeah, no way. Because they don't want any strangers in their their own murder cemetery. Yeah, and he was a foreigner, Mr. Spinalzo. <laughs> he goes, we don't want no strangers or foreigners in our <laughs> in our graveyard, so in our Panama Canal. That was pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> so, yeah, man, this it just kind of goes a little bit off the rails towards the end of that last that last act. The brothers tries to kill uh, Cary Grant's character that comes back and he's still all like flabbergasted. And it just kind of gets very like off the rails, like I mm-hmm. said. But, you know, it's still funny in terms of like a who done it, who killed who, and then kind of. What's going to happen with these dead bodies and with the old ladies and, you know, a lot more people get involved. The cops show the up. cops show up. And then even that scene where um, Mortimer's all tied up in a chair and, you know, he's over here like practically begging them to help him. And they're yeah. just like, oh, by the way, I have a screenplay that I want to yeah, show yeah. you. And the cop is just over here telling them this story and the guy's like... Basically, like, jumping, like, get me out of this chair. And I'm gagged. Get, yeah, you know? and gagged. He's, like, ready to get murdered, and the cops aren't doing shit about it. So. <laughs> that is funny. This movie was a trip. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Like, I really liked the first act. Kind of went off the rails. A little bit ridiculous towards the end. But I appreciated it in terms mm-hmm. of, like, how it was kind of like, like, well, it is a play, you know? And I felt like all the actors did a really good job in, like, playing the role in which they played. Mm -hmm. But then going into and, like, learning more about this movie, um, this movie happened uh, right when Pearl Harbor happened. Mm -hmm. And so the the film had to kind of shut down production for a while. And then once that happened, uh, there was also, like, some drama with, like, Cary Grant. He didn't necessarily uh, like his own performance in this movie because yeah. he felt like he overacted in terms of some of the scenes and he thought it was like, you know, some were like too over the top, <laughs> which... I think he did a great job. I think he did a great job too. I think he's just being very self-critical, you yeah. know? Um, but what I liked about this movie was just learning about that Peter Lore character. <laughs> I like looked him up and... Yeah, man. His first starring role, like when he was like a kid, was a psychopathic German killer. Yeah. And um, he's from uh, Slovakia, which was back then the Austria-Hungary Empire. And his real name was Laszlo Lowenstein. And so he was uh, a Jew in Eastern Europe. And he moved to Germany to start kind of doing films and acting. And then he had to flee because of the Nazis. And he went all around to, like, France and London to get, like, more acting roles until he started to collaborate and be in a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock movies. Yeah. And that's where he became, like, more well-known, which I didn't know. But then he goes on to be in movies like The Maltese Falcon with Mm -hmm. um, Humphrey Bogart, Mm -hmm. Casablanca, and then he did this movie. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of super interesting. (laughs) I didn't know, like... 
about this guy. <laughs> no, yeah, this movie, um, the, the part, uh, Mortimer Brewster's part was going to be given to Bob Hope. Mm. But um, he was, he wasn't available. But that would have been cool too. Bob Hope would have been funny in this too. A nice other little nugget that I found out was that the whole poisoning kind of concept, I don't know if they like based it specifically on this character, but that there was this woman, her name was Amy Archer Gilligan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that she had uh, murdered her two husbands that she had and poisoned them. And then they put her in a retirement home and that she, or not a retirement home, but like an asylum, uh-huh. I know, and that she apparently had killed 66 other inmates with arsenic. Oh my God. And that's kind of like where they might have gotten like this story <laughs> with like the ants Jeez. poisoning so many people with arsenic. But imagine if that is true. That's crazy. Historically, women have been known to poison people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I also read that um, th- this movie was only, they only tried to remake this movie once and it didn't do as well. Because, I mean, some of the stuff in there is like, you can't reproduce that anymore. They were trying to do a remake of it in 1970 with Richard Pryor, but it never, it never happened. But um, some of the salaries, I was looking at some of the salaries that they were paid at the time. 1944, Cary Grant got 160000 to make this film. Frank Capra, the director, 100000 And then Raymond Macy, Jonathan, the, the Frankenstein, was 25000 Peter Lore was paid 13000 And then the beautiful two little the sisters... They only got $10,000 each for those roles to just what? to show that women still don't have that power <laughs> to be like, um, you know, they don't make the money that men do. And yeah, to I, this day, that's still true. And then I saw that it took like eight weeks to make, yeah. like with roughly over a million dollars budget. Mm-hmm. And it made like four million. But a million lot of it, not. like you said, went to just the salaries alone. Yeah. Um, Cary Grant donated all his entire salary to wartime charities at the time. Yeah. And what uh, I like about Frank Capra is there's this really good documentary on Netflix about the directors um, that went and served in World War II. Yeah, that's why he wanted to finish this movie. Yeah. Because he had gone called yeah, this up was to his, go. Mm-hmm. This was his last feature film mm-hmm. until he took a break to do well, go to war, and then he made it's a wonderful life in 1946. Yeah. But him and like John Ford and a couple other directors that I can't remember, um, they all went and served and they all documented um, World War Two, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that made like all the film reels and all the newsies that were sent back. And people watched in the movie theaters before they watched like their, mm-hmm. their movies at the time. Yeah, like in Roger Rabbit. Yeah, exactly. And um, that they had a, a massive effect in building like a lot of camaraderie and, like in the nation mm-hmm. and getting people to like support them and buy war bonds and all these things. And um, yeah, those directors, <laughs> like a lot of in the documentary, it's kind of narrated by um, 
Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg, and like Burns. Each, they each do a. Each d- director has a modern day director that talks about their work. Oh, okay. And um, I love watching those kind of documentaries. Oh no, it was so they're, good. They're so and it, it, you could see a point in which. Be, like how the, a lot of them were doing like these comedy movies prior to the war and then they go to war and then it changes them and then they come back and they do all these different types of movies all together mm-hmm. where they're more serious or more yeah. dramatic you know yeah and uh it's just interesting like just seeing where cinema was back in the night like pre-world war Two, and then after world war Two. Mm-hmm. you know it's just mm-hmm. pretty fascinating yeah, so this movie was really, really great. I really liked it. I mean, I liked it too. I laughed. I was astonished because I freaked out that it was the ants. Like, and just how what? adorable they were. <laughs> the way he was talking to them, like if but they were children. Dear, dear, yes. you can't be doing those things, dear. <laughs> oh my God, it was so funny. Like he was like scolding them. But like if they were like <laughs> four year olds. <laughs> Instead of... And their little faces, like, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Well, at the end of this movie, I'm going to tell you, um, after all the shenanigans that are going on and Jonathan gets rearrested, Teddy gets put in the asylum, and the ants volunteer to go with Teddy so that he wouldn't be alone. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So that he wouldn't be alone in a strange place. And then... He um he signs this paper committing all these people to the asylum and he's like the emergency contact so he the writes his name the next yeah. of kin yeah and then the ants are all worried because they're like you know he ain't really kin you know so that's when they tell him that he's not a he was adopted he wasn't even a Brewster and in that sense he was so thrilled because he thought he had those. Uh, crazy genes. Crazy genes, yeah. Like the, the ants were crazy <laughs> for murdering people. Yeah, he thought he had these psychotic his, yeah, sperm. You know? his, his, his older brother was psychotic, <laughs> literally killing people all over the world and getting construction yeah, facial had, surgery. Yeah, they all had some kind of... And then his younger brother was like a schizo, kind of, <laughs> that just kind of thought he was like other people. Yeah. And, so everybody in his family were all crazy in some aspect, yeah. and he thought he was going to be crazy, and he was worried about his wife and never want to get married. Yeah, he didn't want nothing to do with the wife, but then at the end, when he finds out that he's not related, he's all ecstatic and happy, and then goes and finds a girl and lives happily ever after. Yeah, right. <laughs> so how would you rate this? Oh, man, this one, I think I'm going to give this one a four. A four, because, I mean, it was hilarious. I really liked it. Yeah. It had everything, but all, like, and it's based in Halloween, like you said, when the kids are at the door and the ladies are giving them full pumpkins. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. Candies and pies, and I'm like, you know, that's a ghetto kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this movie is full of everything. Serial killers, psychotic convicts. Dead bodies, monsters, and the and constant, you don't even get to see the, the dead constant body that much. threat of murder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah. see any of the dead bodies. No, no. You no. just knew they were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, like, yeah, it was great. Like was I said, fun. it was like it was like watching a play, man, mm-hmm. and a funny play at that. You know, like a, like it was like in 
going to the theater and enjoying yourself yeah. because you're like entertained the whole yeah that's one thing about this movie that it was like entertaining throughout mm-hmm. you know of all the different characters of Cary Grant's character you know and just kind of seeing how they would make movies back then and yeah. the sense of humor and just kind of <laughs> that's why I really like these movies I like this one a lot more than the other Cary Grant movie that we saw yeah then um Bringing, bringing up, up baby? baby, yeah, for sure. Yeah, me right. Too. Yeah, for it was, sure. It was because it was just funny. I it was funny. It was funny, and those, like you said, the first forty-five minutes into this movie, you're just like laughing. You're <laughs> just laughing at the scenario that's happening in front of you. Yeah. Like, just the way the ants confess, and like if nothing, all nonchalant. Oh no, he's we put him there. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Oh no! And then oh, they're like, "Well, how many have you done? And how many have you killed?" And they're like, oh, "I don't know, twelve or is it thirteen? Right. Twelve, thirteen? Yeah. You know, he's just fucking. He's just like, what the fuck am I in? And then when they here? meet the and what I like about brother. it is how they're how he's like his mind. He's trying to protect them and and yeah. trying to call the judge and try and commit the brother and Get calling the asylum. And yeah, yeah. yeah, he's trying to do but all. He's this. all over the place. Yeah, well, he's trying to do all this while the ants are trying to murder another victim yeah. right across the. Well, know, one thing's the going on. Him. There's another thing going yeah, on. Yeah, and then the the wife. Is trying to get his attention because yeah. they're supposed to be leaving. There's a taxi cab that's been waiting all day <laughs> for him to take him to Niagara Falls. Yeah. You know, and it's just constant chaos, man. Yeah. Constant chaos. And that's what made it so funny because it was like shenanigans throughout the whole thing. Well, it was an hour and 30 minutes or so. Uh, it was a little bit more than that. It was like about an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> but at the same time, like that first act definitely mm-hmm. uh, goes really well. Only that last act when like the cops get involved. Yeah, that was, it went a little too far. Yeah, but it was then, a little too much. Yeah. But, but it was still, you know, everything was... You knew it was the climax in other yeah, words. Exactly. Enough shit had to happen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the moral of the story is... The nicest people can have the darkest secrets. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this movie is actually going to be coming out on Turner Classic Movies on November 8th. It's on their oh, wow. streamline. Yeah, and you can also catch it on Amazon. But, yes, definitely a must-see for sure. I'm glad we picked it, even though we didn't know it was a Halloween movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it was great. Yeah, it was if you're a wonderful. Cary Grant fan, by all means, watch this movie. <laughs> we really enjoyed it. Really liked it a lot. And um, yeah, this is going to be coming out in your <clears throat> podcast feeds. Yes. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you, guys. We're 25 episodes in. Awesome. And awesome. And they'll be keep coming. Don't forget, we have our schedule of... The movies in which we're watching all the way till the end of the year. But uh, but thank you guys. We appreciate you listening. And you guys yes. all have a safe... Wherever you're at, just be safe. Have a good weekend. Good night. And until next time. Goodbye. Bye.